Good morning, everyone. Happy eternity of soul-filled uh -huh. years, which we'll all be having, living in the eternal. We are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And you are welcomed into our roundtable discussion. We're so glad that you could join us today with our wonderful topic on God. We will start today with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 279 of Miscellany. The first commandment in the Hebrew Decalogue, Thou shalt have no other God before me, obeyed, is sufficient to still all strife. God is the divine mind. Hence the sequence, had all people one mind, peace would reign. God is Father, infinite, and this great truth, when understood in its divine metaphysics, will establish the brotherhood of man and wars and demonstrate on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Mary Baker Eddy. Very beautiful. Thank you. Right, our... Mm. Watching point for the week. Watch number 88. Watch lest in doing fine healing work, you accept the false notion that the power resides in you instead of it being truth operating through you by reflection. God is the only power. Hence, every right result comes from the infinite cause. Thus, it is divine power utilized by man that heals or does the work. Thank you. It comments. Well, Jesus himself said, I can of my own self do nothing. And so he also said that the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the work. So this we must respect. This is what came to me when I read this watch. Thank you. Absolutely. Anytime, you know, maybe that's a danger with practitioners and others. I think start thinking they are doing it and you will fall quickly flat on your face. And it's also why, you know, in picking practitioners, you pray, you choose one, and then, and then you should stick with it, this switching back and forth and, you know, uh, it's personalizing. Um, it's always God that does the healing. So, right, Florence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, sometimes maybe there's a reason to make a change, but generally speaking, um, it, it would personalize it's always God, always God. He's the same God, right? He's the same one God. Mm -hmm. The same one God, that's it. When I, when I heard before that people would do that, it reminded me of when I was a kid. I, there was a boy in my class, and apparently he didn't hear an answer he liked from his dad, so he ran to his oh. mom. Well, that, I mean, that, that, is, that, that can be exactly why it happens, too. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they're coming under a discipline or something. They don't like it, so they'll try the other <laughs> other person. So, so yes, it's very good that 
we all see this as the truth, and certainly Christ Jesus did. And it was what enabled him to do the works. He knew it wasn't him. It's always God. I mean, goodness, how would any of us know how to heal? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, and it was, it was the um, claim that came that we could be as gods that pulled us Right know, into the Adam dream. <laughs> so, That's right. That's absolutely right. And I'm reminded also of what Gary Gary was talking about on Wednesday in his testimony, you know, about um, creating chaos by using your own will and doing that. Yes. Right. Do you want to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that for me, part of being a good patient is making sure I see my practitioner correctly and not to uh, and make sure I realize it's the Christ truth being reflected and and honoring respecting what it takes to reflect it too and to um, otherwise you get the person and, you're, and it's yeah if you see good. personality or humanize the practitioner then it's not it's not at all helpful yeah. no no and there should be a healthy respect. Um, you know, this idea of calling anytime you want to or, or doing mm. just whatever you feel like it with no respect. Or even if you have to call that is outside of hours or something, not to do it very respectfully to see if it's okay. But, you know, not just to uh, take advantage of their... Yeah. And assume that they're just there for you and you're entitled to whatever they're off. Yeah. It's not right. 24 7 it is, and it is the way many practitioners have not been able to stay in the practice because it, it just it gets to be too much um, done correctly it's a huge it's a great joy and people who are that way are a great joy to help you can always tell when one is demanding and one comes respectfully to the office and it is an office and part of it Part of it and part of what is helps in the healing is you are acknowledging you need something greater than yourself to help you. And that is always God, not person, but God. I also was thinking of the word supreme. I mean, if God is supreme, obviously, then he has all the power. We read it in science and health and so on. So if all the power belongs to him then we can only be a reflection to use that power. Thank you. That's exactly right. And that's why so much is said about reflection. And um, But it's also very important to be acknowledging this power and, and to know that you can wield it. And that's what we're going to talk more about today in this lesson. Um, you know, Carpenter was always so clear on that. You're tapping into the greatest power ever of course mrs eddie was too what did she call it the tit titanic. titanic power the only power there's nothing it can't heal absolutely nothing because in truth it's perfect now which brings us to our golden text um carol would you read it i am the almighty god Walk before me, and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee. Thank you. Um, 
That's in Genesis. That's very beautiful. And we've talked before about making covenants. And what is a covenant? A promise. Yes. It's a contract. Mm -hmm. A legal binding contract. Mm -hmm. And we've all been taught here to make that covenant. It's just only between you and God. But you promise him to walk in all his ways and to follow him obediently the best that you can. And he promises back that he will care for you. It's it's certainly in the 91st Psalm. 91st Psalm, yeah. Yeah, it's very much in that 91st Psalm. So it's, it's a two-way street, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And through the Bible where it says, I'll be your God and you'll be my, um, vice versa. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact quote, but it says something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, thank you. That's beautiful. And you will be my people. And you will be my yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that's kind of a human way of describing our relationship with God. Because, you know, that's about as, that's about as good as, most people, you know, can get to understand the kind of relationship. But it it's based on the fact that God is the only mind, that God is all, and that we are him manifest. I say him, him, her, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, we we are God manifest, and it's not like there's a choice. There's not like there's an option, because if we if we willfully deviate from that, you know we we enter into some, you know, a, the mist, the dream, and we take ourselves out of the true consciousness that is reality. But it's based on a scientific fact of who and what we are. And that fact can't ever change. No, it never changes. No matter, no matter how disobedient <laughs> or, or ignorant or whatever we are, that fact cannot change. And it's why, you know, people run into troubles and things because they've tried to, you know, they've been disobedient and aren't keeping in line, keeping in the Father's house, as I say, keeping that covenant with him. Now, um, Carrie and also Louise sent me some beautiful articles this week. And there was one on perfection by Ella W. Hoke, who's one of the really good early workers. And I thought the article is called Perfection. And she says, no one will undertake to demonstrate perfection until he first becomes convinced that perfection is possible for him here and now. Neither can he make the demonstration unless he first understands the method Jesus used. All Christian scientists know that our beloved leader has opened the door to both these possibilities. In the revelation of Christian science, Mrs. Eddy has shown, first of all, that nothing can be demonstrated which does not already exist. Since God made all and made it good, hence eternal, 
And then men have not, therefore, to create perfection, but are to learn to know that it is already an accomplished fact, which it is their privilege to understand and prove. I thought that was really beautiful because I, I know, you know, some time ago when people talk about all this perfection, I mean, come on, who, who, who can be perfect? I, it did, I don't even want to think about it. It was too overwhelming for me. But I shouldn't feel that way. None of us should feel that way. And this is, explains why. And, and perfection is just, again, reflection. It's, it's being what God made you. It's not running around having everything absolutely perfect in a human way. That's hell. Yeah, I think that's the key. Perfection is not a human thing. Perfection is divine. And, we, and you know, we're here at, in the, the, the school of our earthly existence learning. <laughs> But we're learning this that we can that we can live, that we can practice. And that science is perfection. And that is that is the commandment. Be thou perfect. Well, learn and live the perfect science. And what a, what a challenge, but what a joy. To know that there is, that, that it is. Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, it has to be our starting point and our continuing point. Because otherwise, if we always, and I did, I always started from imperfection, trying to be perfect. No. Mm -mm. God did not make imperfect man, the hymn says. Yeah. No. And, and what, you know, Mrs. Eddy says, hold the perfect model before you, or, or something like yeah, that. And th and th hold it in thought. Who else was trying to speak? Barbara. Barbara? Oh, I was. Tony, yeah, that was real quick. Something real quick. Okay. Okay, Barbara, go ahead first. Uh, I just, um, I'm, still, I'm sure people were talking about thinking human perfection when they would say it, but they used to say they wouldn't want to be, be perfect because you'd be so boring. But how could you be perfect and be boring? <laughs> <laughs> well, not if it's in the Christly manner. Thank you. No, um, no, no, not at all perfect, not at all boring. No, I don't know. Who else was wanting to speak? Lenny. Lenny? And I was just. I was thinking that was so important because I used to, and I think this has been so lost in Christian science, is that the striving for it, like Christian science makes you humanly perfect or gives you this humanly perfect life. And I used to feel so bad if something happened to me, like, oh, I was just, you know, I'm a bad Christian scientist because something, you know, I've hit a challenge. I've hit a roadblock. And yet when you read about Mrs. Eddy's life, it's like it's, that was, you know, her overcoming all the the human roadblocks and everything else, but it wasn't about her achieving a perfect human life. Exactly. Thank you. I, I don't think there is. A, so, yes. It, My and, favorite paragraph in miscellaneous is on page 242. I read that so much about how Christian science is absolute. It is neither behind the point of perfection nor advancing towards it. It is at this point and must be practiced therefrom. 
unless you fully perceive that you are the child of God, hence perfect, you have no principle to demonstrate and no rule for its demonstration. And that is, I, I've memorized that. I, it so brings me back to, I can't even begin to practice this unless I understand that point. Thank you. And at first, it's a point that we have to accept it in, on faith, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But it's within each one of us. And, and, and as long as we haven't had it drummed out of us, that's, that's why the first statement in the responsive reading, renew a right spirit within me. Yeah. Ask God to renew the right spirit. It's always been there, but sometimes it needs to be renewed. Shardy, would you read the responsive reading? Could you read the responsive reading? Oh, sure. Can I start with 10? Start with 10. Mm -hmm. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Make me to hear joy and gladness. O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. I will put a new spirit within you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. What a beautiful thing to, what a beautiful prayer, what a beautiful way to start this fresh new day we have. That prayer is so important, um, so beautiful. Yes, I remember one, I've given this testimony, but one New Year's Day when I was feeling very depressed and I opened up to him, I forget which number, but dark and cheerless is the morn uncompanioned lord by thee and then it, it goes on when, when you feel god's presence and power the dawn just breaks forth in beauty but yes if you're ever feeling dark and cheerless it's because you're uncompanioned by him that just snapped me out of it immediately no reason for any of god's children to feel down or depressed about anything so, in 35, I believe. Okay, will you read that um, verse? Dark and cheerless. Dark and cheerless is the morn, uncompanioned, Lord, by thee. Joyless is the day's return, till thy mercy's beam I see, till they inward light impart, glad my eyes and warm my heart. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Anytime you're feeling down, you just remember that hymn, hymn number 35. 35. <laughs> All right. Now, we have in here about heart, and uh, and Linda sent me something she wrote about that. Go ahead, Linda. I just really love this responsive reading that he would give. God is giving us a new heart and a new spirit, and it just made me realize uh, that 
so many years, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to fix things or change me or uh, look at other people, see how I should be acting instead of letting God give me the new heart. And what a, what a relief to know that you can have a new heart. You don't have to live with these old habits and traits that seem to have been things that you've picked up along the way. But one of the things that I love so much is uh, I was given from miscellaneous writings a quote to work with years ago. Do you want me to read it about change of heart? Yes. Mrs. Eddie writes, quote, do you believe in a change of heart? We do believe and understand, which is more, that there must be a change of from human affections, desires, and aims to the divine standard. Be ye therefore perfect. Also, that there must be a change from the belief that the heart is matter and sustains life to the understanding that God is our life, that we exist in mind, live thereby, and have being. This change of heart would deliver man from heart disease and advanced Christianity a hundredfold. The human affections need to be changed from self to benevolence and love for God and man, changed to having but one God and loving him supremely and helping our brother man. This change of heart is essential to Christianity and will have its effect physically as well as spiritually healing disease. Burnt offerings and drugs God does not require. End quote. That is a magnificent statement by Mrs. Yeah. Eddy. I, too, have given this out countless times to people, especially people who think they're having some kind of heart trouble. But no matter what, this is a, a beautiful statement of truth as to what we all should be working for. Um, that, that chapter in miscellaneous writings, questions and answers is one all of you need to study and be very familiar with because so many people ask questions that Mrs. Eddy answers. And if you study, you will get the right answer from her. And that's, that's truly where the source should be. That is a powerful statement. Absolutely powerful. And yes, if you think you have heart trouble, you study this. You work with this. It's it's absolutely the answer, the key. It will bring great healing. And then in the blue book, on page 69, she says, Remember this fixed fact. You have no material heart. Your heart God gave you, and he governs all its functions. It cannot cease to act so long as God acts. For it is his reflections of love, let alone all sense of anatomy, and hold this true consciousness of yourself. Hmm. And this is why, too, it's in the lesson, the beautiful definition in the glossary of, of God. And you apply these statements to yourself, each one, and one of them is all acting. So how can your any any organ be too fast or too slow or out of whack in any way. God is all acting and all that acting is, is within you. 
You live because God lives. It's, it's not, you know, you don't live because you have a heart or certain organ organs. You live because God lives. That's why to start the day with God is my life. You have a heart because you live. Right? Yes. And his acting is perfect. His action is perfect and he maintains his creation. But if you know this and you think about it and stay proactive with this, don't just always wait till things go wrong. Um, be proactive. Keep keep thinking. We're always thinking. Why not think the truth? The preventative. Preventative, rather preventative, yeah. as well as curative. And then these are some things, um, again, that Carrie said. This is from uh, <coughs> A New Heart by William McKenzie, an article, old journal. At this time, when much is said of a new year, new hope, new resolutions, is it not well to desire a new heart, a new warmth of love? Where power, control, and rule center in personal will or human mind, there is found a heart of stone, as history shows. Others besides Machiavelli have taught that the prince must absolve himself from all compassion, and a long line of princes in church and state have illustrated this. Hence, the time is nigh for men to look away from the dynastic helper, the son of man in whom there is no help, and turn to principle itself, divine love, which invites mankind, saying, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. I heard someone recently say that her New Year's resolution was just to be a better person. <laughs> and, yeah, that's a good one. But Mrs. Eddy also refers to this as a change of base in the textbook. She says, in explaining how, how healing takes place, she talks about the change of base. And really, it's the, it's the basis of our thinking. Are we striving to emulate the divine thought? Or do we just accept lazily the human theories and beliefs that are all around us and are very aggressive? Which is why it's work to maintain this change of base and to experience the change of heart that God has for us. And, you know, if, if you do have a very human sense of everything, of your family, and, you know, you're always getting emotionally upset about things, um, that's that's not good, is it? That's not a healthy way to live. That's why Mrs. Eddy gives us the answer to everything. And her definition in the glossary um, of heart is mortal feelings, motives, affections, joys, and sorrows. Well, that's that's the human definition of heart. So this is why you must have that, that right sense. And the change of base, Gary talks about, that's putting off this old man for the new. That's quit struggling to try to make yourself perfect and know you're a 
an idea, a child of God, as we've said, you're God manifesting himself in you. You're not God, but he does manifest himself in you if you let him. And that's the change of base, and it'll be the change of heart, the change of all your organs. It'll be a complete um, reformation, and it's wonderful. Thank you. I was just thinking, you know, it's the new heart that we're given is not one that we have to protect from others. <laughs> um, and if, you know, because that's, that's how I grew up. I slowly was building a thicker wall around my heart so nobody could get to me. And so if I ever feel that way now, I know I'm using the wrong heart. So Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's not one real thing replacing another real thing. What you're doing is yeah. you're... Your view. Yes. You're changing your view to see what is true rather than accepting what is false. And this time of year, well, we're getting out of it now, but it can be very, you know, I hear all these stories, <laughs> it can be very emotional with family and all of this kind of thing. And, and you you got to stay above that and know yeah. it's a family of God. And uh, those who do the will of God are our true family. Stay with the teachings of Christ. Um, get into it a little bit more later. But when Jesus said, I am the way, this is the way. It's not a human way. It's a divine way. And it's a wonderful way. It's, it's Sometimes people say, oh, it's so hard. Well, not really. The other way is much harder as you suffer and suffer and suffer. <laughs> Without hope. Without hope. Yeah. And Mrs. Eddy does talk about, too, about... Uh, don't harden your heart when oft times rebuked. Yes. So, um, and that in a way, it's what Jeremy talks about. You know, if you've had kind of a rough time in life, sometimes you can harden your heart, try to push your way through it. But no, keep your heart malleable, <laughs> soft. It's it's the uh, infinite heart of love. I love that beautiful song. Or chorus sings infinite heart of love so one heart and it beats for god and in beating for god it beats perfectly this is another one sorry go ahead no what jeremy describes is very dangerous i did that i know you build around it build around protecting yourself until you don't feel anymore and that is not the way mm -hmm. You have to be able to feel God's love and feel for others. Mm -hmm. What well, also stops you from giving, too? You know, that wall works both ways. It traps you inside, and, you know, mm -hmm. we're supposed to be doing God's work and blessing. And how can you do that behind a wall? That's right. No, it is. I'm, I I did it as well. You know, do you think you're defending yourself? Or It's also why you can be hard to reach in, in a treatment. You've got all these walls up. Um, got to let those walls down and let, let God shine through. There's a while ago I read a story about that, about a room or something that wouldn't, didn't let the sun come through. Mm -hmm. Got to let the... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's it's self. It's the adamant of error, trying to protect a wrong sense of who and what you are. You don't have to. You don't have to. I used to do that until I realized 
and I worked with when I get a rebuke, I'd say, thank God this person loves me enough to point this out. And that that knocked down the ball. And because it takes a lot to give a rebuke and they're given with love. And if you take it, no walls can go up. Thank you. Absolutely. It's given with love. Many people don't see it that way, but only love would do it. Mm-hmm. And only pride would uh, Not respond it. the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> so this is from an 1889 issue, 1899 issue of the journal, Medicine for the Heart. It's called, When the African chief, Sikomi, sat one day ill in Dr. Livingston's tent, absorbed in thought, he said in pompous tones, I wish you could change my heart. Give me medicine to cure it, for it is proud, greedy, and angry always. Dr. Livingston picked up his testament and was about to tell the chief how it could be cured when he said, No, I wish to have it changed by medicine to drink and have it changed at once, for it is always very proud and very uneasy and continually angry with someone. And then he would not wait to hear the remedy, but rose and walked out of the tent. How many there are are who have the same disease and do not know the cure? Their hearts are uneasy, unhappy, full of angry impulses, passions, and deceit, and there is no help for them in man and drugs, no healing, but in the power of Christ. If money would buy salvation, they would have it. If some new medicine would remedy the evils which sin has wrought, how gladly they would take it. But nothing will avail except the living word of the living God. The power of Christ working in the hearts of men, purifying, renovating, and restoring the lost image of the Creator. Oh, that the sons of earth would fly to him who healeth all our diseases. They would find in him the help and blessing they need. Then would they offer the psalmist prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Thus would they become new creatures in Christ, ever rejoicing that all things, old things are passed away, and all things are become new. And then, I mean, don't we see that? Isn't that true? There's some people that just refuse to give up their hate. And and some that don't even know they're doing it. And they are having troubles, problems. But um, unless they're willing to see that and change, yeah, the old for the new, nothing can heal that really, can it? But the Christ, and you can have it patched up. You can have operations. You can take drugs and various things. But only the Christ can heal it. Is that not true? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the only thing that builds that wall is when you are proud of your pride. (laughs) And the only thing that will allow the wall to come down is when you lose your pride. And when your pride gets hurt, you have a choice, don't you? You can either cling to your tatters around about you or you can say, okay, this is a good thing that my pride is hurt because pride is not my friend and I'm happy to lose it. 
<laughs> and you'll also lose shame, which is equally which is the flip side, flip side. Right, of the right. same coin. <laughs> this reminds me of in Science and Health where Mrs. A says, impatient obedience to a patient God, let us labor to dissolve with the universal solvent of love, the act of error, self-will, self-justification, and self-love. It wars against spirituality and is the law of sin and death. Thank you. Universal sin. Yes. <laughs> So in the Bible in Matthew, we have with all with God, all things are possible. And this is one of uh, it's on the daily list to work with every day. And Mr. says we should work with this every day. Um, are you knowing all things are possible to God? Do you have things in your life that aren't healed that maybe somewhere in there you don't think it's possible? All things, not some, all things, all things. And according to your faith, be it unto you, right? So work with that every day and, and think about it. What, what areas in your life are you saying, well, maybe not this. God can heal this, this, and this, but not this. Well, all things are possible to him. And then that beautiful story of Moses. And um, I love it. Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where on thy thou standest is holy ground. I mean, the whole thing is beautiful, and we'll hear it being read in church today. But, um, but, and the place is not a physical place, is it? No, no. It's his mental. It's his consciousness. He is standing on. He's catching a glimpse of the truth, and that is why he was receptive. That is why he was chosen to lead them out. I love that uh, when he looked back at the bush, then God said, ah, <laughs> and then spoke to him, caught his attention. I get him. Yes. Yeah, and then, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath thou sent unto unto you. And we've had on our website we have beautiful articles. There's one by Big Dell Young on that. And Louise sent this to me. She said, This week I found two articles I really liked related to the name for God given to Moses at the burning bush, I am. Both articles point out that we're basically breaking a commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain by putting anything negative after I am, such as I am sick, I am ugly, I am old, I am tired, I am weak, depressed, poor, fearful, etc., etc. I've never looked at it from this point of view, so this has impressed upon me even more the supreme importance of always correcting identify, and identifying ourselves as the perfect children of God. Yikes. I didn't realize that I was breaking that commandment each time I've allowed anything negative to be attached to I am. Quite the rebuke. I know Florence has talked about this, too. <laughs> I mean, a common one, too, that slips by is, um, I, I don't understand. I'm confused. Yeah, I'm mm. confused. I, it, 
if God understands, if God knows, you know. And when you say you don't understand, you're you're talking against your own good. And again, yes, that's true. You're breaking the commandment, taking his name in vain. Or I don't know how to get out of the situation. I don't know this. I don't know that. All of these things. How often do we say these things? A lot, probably. Hmm. So be, be as Louise. Catch it now. And um, I just want to say it reminds me of uh, Laura Sargent talks about non-resistance. The truth is understanding. So, and I love that. Yes. I love that a lot. Thank you. And I will, I guess I'll have Gary read this now because we, we've used this often in our um, watches and things. But it's very, very important about this I am that I am. It's very important you work more with it, realize how deeply powerful it is. And um, it's taken from page 51 in the blue book. Watch. Take time each day to say, what is the most powerful thing in the world? It is God saying, I am in his own creation. Watch. Any event is every event, and I am the law to it. Watch. Just go alone and close your eyes, and in the depths of your own consciousness, say over and over again, I am, I am, I am. Your whole being will be filled with the sense of the power to overcome, the power to accomplish, the power to do all things. I am because thou art. Mind is. I am. I am what thou art. Mind is. I am. I am where thou art. Mind is. I am. I am one with thee. Mind. O oh, thou infinite, I am. I am good. I am well. I am abundantly satisfied. I am holy. I am free. I am because thou art. Mind is. I am. I am, spoken upward toward the good, the true, is sure to outpicture invisible good, in success, in happiness, in abundance. Also, I can is the son of I am. Because I am is, I can. I can express love, patience, truth, because I am. Declare against the sense of limitation and realize that nothing can hinder my progress in advancing and getting employment. There is nothing to hinder my success or progress. I am honestly ready to see what God wants me to do. Such a great realization 
in how to better and more consistently obey our Lord's commandments and acknowledge, declare his limitless, infinite love for us. So I, I would spend time with that often, you know, work with it. Let that go deep, deep, deep within you because it's true. You know, and some of these things I've written down, I keep in my pocket, you know, I take with me, I read if I'm ever have a moment somewhere to just ponder these deep truths and make them yours and feel the truth in them. And then we have this beautiful story about uh, Jeremiah and how he felt like he was such a child. And I love this story particularly because I remember when I was in high school, I was running for an office secretary of the class or something and I had to give a speech in front of everyone I was absolutely terrified and I think it was my mother that told me to read this and I'm telling you it's just oh wow I said yes of course you know I felt just like I'm just a little child what the heck am I going to say all these people are going to be listening and and no be not afraid of their faces for I am with thee to deliver thee saith the Lord that's so true. Anytime you have any kind of fear like that, to just go into this, this was the truth. And I was able, I that cured me of that fear. And I always think of it if I ever tries to come back again, which now you can see what a blabbermouth I am. It doesn't seem to affect me so much. <laughs> but at one time, I, I was very much afraid of speaking to anybody, really. I was extremely shy. So... Now I'd like to skip, before we end, um, to uh, what Nancy sent me something about the way. Nancy? Yes. Would you like me to read the citations? I would. So in John 14, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And got me thinking, how can we know the way? Well, Jesus tells us the way in his Sermon on the Mount and also um, his commandment to us. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. So we need to strive to live that Sermon on the Mount and to love God supremely. I looked up what Mrs. Eddy had to tell us um, as she tells us Jesus is our way shower. In the unity of good, she says, he was the way shower and Christian scientists who would demonstrate the way must keep close to his path that they may win the prize. The way in the flesh is the suffering that leads out of the flesh. The way in spirit is the way of life, truth, and love. And also I loved in miscellaneous writing, she tells us, Ona ascends the hill of Christian science, who follows the way shower, the spiritual presence and idea of God. Whatever obstructs the way, something to stumble, or faint, those mortals who are striving to enter the path, divine love will remove and uplift the fallen 
and strengthen the weak. Therefore, give up thy earth weights and observe the apostles' admonition, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those which are before. Then, loving God supremely and thy neighbor as thyself, thou wilt safely bear thy cross up to the throne of everlasting glory. That is just beautiful. Yes, that's from the allegory, which again is a a chapter you should all be familiar with. It's just beautiful. And to contemplate the way. And and dear Thomas, you know, he doubting Thomas. There's another article called Thomas called Didymus. (laughs) Doubt is never a good thing for it tends to cripple action. But it it did it does say, and I know Mrs. Eddy has said this about Thomas too, that um it wasn't all that bad, you know. He, he doubted, but he he spoke up about it, and and um, and the Christ saw that, and the the answer he gave Thomas certainly contained the fullest, most complete direction that could be humanly expressed for the attainment of life eternal, and there was no trace of condemnation for the disciples' want of perception. On the contrary, the answer was given with love and tenderness, which the Master always showed to those who express the ignorance which was without guile. He was without guile. Therefore, and he was he was one who experienced the resurrection. Anyway, all of these disciples were getting to know real well in the chosen. <laughs> so there's also now a beautiful article also sent by Karen. Carrie in California, yes, about Moses. I thought it was so beautiful what he went through, and he never deviated despite the many, many challenges he had. This is by Edward Earl Daniel, and it's from in February 1923, Sentinel, I guess. Moses, reared amid the luxury of the Egyptian court, never lost his identity as an Israelite, as one of God's chosen people. In the midst of gross materialism and oppression, he manifested the divine idea. From birth, he was preserved from the human hatred of good for a divine purpose to be revealed in due time. As he grew and observed the condition of his people in slavery, his divine mission began to dawn upon his thought. He was to free from bondage this people, who alone worshipped the one God. But the wisdom and patience needful to balance his zeal and ambition were as yet undeveloped and untried. For at one time, seeing one of his race mistreated by an Egyptian taskmaster, he slew the Egyptian. It seemed to Moses necessary to flee into the wilderness to save himself from the wrath of Pharaoh. Here, in the obscurity and solitude of the mountains, he tended sheep for his father-in-law for forty years, a humble position for one reared as he had been. Meantime, his thought was being prepared for the great work before him. Never during these years of trial and purification was he allowed to lose sight of the right idea it was his mission to demonstrate. He learned the value and power of humility and patience. 
For he who understands somewhat the nature of God is humble in the consciousness of his own of his omniscience, and patient in the realization of his omnipresence and omnipotence. Yet, when at last the call came for him to go forward, the human thought quailed before the stupendous nature of the task, momentarily forgetful that the battle is the Lord's. Evil suggested many excuses, among them, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? I am not eloquent, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. These suggestions, however, were in turn met and mastered by that right idea, which from the first had saved Moses for the purpose of freeing God's people from pagan domination. Moses' experiences in Egypt on his return, the numerous apparently unsuccessful efforts to obtain favor from Pharaoh, each effort, however, weakening the seeming strength of evil, his many struggles with his people in order to convince them that their leaving Egypt was right, the 40 years of struggle in the wilderness with perverseness, disloyalty, ingratitude, ignorance, all this is too familiar to need a more detailed description. But through it all, the divine idea, the reflection of God persisted in the understanding of Moses to guide the people to prosperity and peace. There were times, it is true, when this idea was obscured by the smoke of battle, times when fear and discouragement temporarily so blinded Moses to the permanence of divine love's presence and protection that he became impatient at the waywardness of the people. But never was there a lack of divine support. Think what it was Moses was doing. Has any general before or since accomplished such a task? Without human aid, he faced and defied the autocrat of Egypt and led out of slavery a horde of untrained men, women, and children, numbering a possible million. With no more preparation than could he made overnight than could be made overnight by them. On page 200 of Science and Health, Mrs. Eddy sums up the mighty achievements of this humble, patient, God-inspired patriarch in these words, quote, Moses advanced a nation to the worship of God in spirit instead of matter and illustrated the grand human capacities of being bestowed by immortal mind, end quote. Isn't that just beautiful? Wow. Truly a man of God, which we all should be ourselves. Thank you all for joining us today, and have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.